Uh, this morning, we'll uh, look at the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 15. Such a great, wonderful book. We'll just go through the chapter 15 of this book and then learn some lessons what really God wants us to learn today. The title of my message is Reach Out and Touch. Basically, the message, it will tackle two kinds of people who are in this room today. My prayer and hope is that when all is done, you'd really know which group do you belong to. Jesus often reached out to people. And as he has reached out, he made a difference. Jesus reached out to people of low class. He reached out to people of the middle class in those days. And then also he reached out to people of high profile. He reached out to the blind. He reached out to the lame. He reached out to people that had leprosy. He reached out to people that were demon-possessed, and he made a difference. And as followers of Jesus, we also have to reach out and make a difference. By virtue of us being Christians, meaning we ought to strive to be Christ-like in everything that we do. The book of Luke chapter 15 is an example of what we can do as Christians to reach out. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much to give us an opportunity to live life, Heavenly God. Thank you so much to grant us this time to breathe life, Heavenly God. Many people had plans about this day, but today there are no more. Many people had plans about traveling the world from this place to this place, Heavenly Father, but they could not. We are so grateful that this morning we are here, we are still breathing life. It is not by our own wisdom or anything great that we have done, but it's purely on your kindness and your grace, Heavenly God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this morning, as you have given us the gift of life, also we can return the favor back, Heavenly Father, by reaching out to other people, Heavenly God. We pray that the message from today, you will use me, remove me from the pulpit, and then, Heavenly Father, that people may not see me and my wisdom, but also people can uh, see you speaking, Heavenly Father. Remove me, speak through me, use me as the vessel to deliver this message. It is in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ that I pray that the power of the Spirit must be amongst us. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. The book of Luke chapter 15 is that very interestingly because it talks about a number of things over there. In verse 15 of uh, chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible reads like this, One day, when many tax collectors and other outcasts came to listen to Jesus, 
the Pharisees and the teachers of the law started to grumble or grumbling. This man welcomes outcasts and he even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. What does he do? He leaves the other 99 sheep in the pasture and goes looking for the one that got lost until he finds it. When he finds it, he is so happy that he puts it on his shoulders and carries it home, back home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says to them, I am so happy I have found my lost sheep. Let's celebrate. In the same way, I tell you the truth. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 respectable people who do not need to repent. Verse 8, Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins, loses one of them. What does she do? She lights a lamp, sweeps her house, and looks carefully everywhere until he finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says to them, I am so happy I found the lost coin. Let us celebrate. In the same way, I tell you, the angels of God rejoices over one sinner who repents. Verse 11, Jesus went on to say, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to him, Father, give me my share of the property now. So the man divided his property between the two of his sons. After a few days, the younger son sold his part of property and left home with the money. Let's just stop over there. Jesus shares three parables here. As he shares this parable, he's referring this to the Pharisees because the Bible talks about Jesus had spent time with the tax collectors. Tax collectors were known as outcasts. They were hated by many people. Like also us today, we hate SARS. Because SARS collect money from us and we don't want to part with our monies. You can rob all institutions, but don't make a mistake of robbing SARS. I was warned by one guy who really didn't know he had a business, so I was just at the bank with him. Uh, oh, no, no, we're at SARS, and then trying to submit and all that. And then this guy says, Mfanawam, in everything, he didn't know me. Mfanawam, in everything that you do, don't ever rob these guys because they will come after you. And so no one loves them. We don't like them because they collect something from us. So, Now, Jesus had to spend time with those guys who were hated by people, who were known as outcasts. 
And then the Pharisees saw that. And the Pharisees were people that were known to protect the word of God, to live the word of God. They were standards. They knew the Torah very well, which is the Bible. From front to back. We are talking about the people who prayed three times a day. They would fast for a week or more than a week. They knew everything. They even thought that heaven is meant for us. So now when they saw Jesus spending time with the outcast, they started to grumble. Bandumzela. They were just talking to themselves. Why this guy is spending time with them? Let alone, he's just not spending time with them. He even eats with the Pharisees. Something unusual. It was not accepted at all. Because the Pharisees they have divided themselves or separated themselves from the normal people. And then Jesus had to tell them this story. Suppose one of you has hundred sheep and he loses one of them. What does he do? Obviously, if he was asking me, I have 99 and I lose one, Seemingly, I will try by all means to protect the 99. At least this is one. Let me protect this 99. But Jesus shows them a different story that, no, guys, it is not like that. This guy decides to leave 99 and goes after this one ship. And he looks for it up until he finds it. And remember one thing. This ship decided to leave the rest of others. The ship, this one that we are talking about, voluntarily decided to leave. No one pushed this ship to leave. It just decided to leave the protected environment where there is a shepherd. It decided to leave an environment where there is support. It decided to leave an environment where there is warmth. It decided to live in an environment where there is food, where there is water. And it lives. When the shepherd comes and counts, this is not 100, this is 99, I'm short with one. Look at that, what the shepherd is doing. Because of his love 
for the lost sheep. He decides to leave the 99. He leaves the 99 without protection. He leaves the 99 not thinking that, yes, I'm going out to find the one, but what about if I come back and don't find the 99? He does not think about that because his heart is on this one ship that is lost. He leaves the 99 and decides to go and search for this one. On his searching, it didn't take him five minutes to find this lost ship. Probably it must have taken him some days. He went out. We don't know how weather looked like. We don't know how the place looked like also. But where I grew up, when we lost one sheep or a goat, where I grew up, there were mountains, there would sometimes be a mist and would be asked to go and find the sheep that is not there. That's one thing I hated about villages is that that time I didn't have an ownership of those animals. But every time my grandfather would just come from wherever he comes from at about 5.30 or 6 o'clock, he would start to count. And sometimes I don't know how his counting went because he would just come to the crawl and looks and then tells us that there are few that are shot here. And then that time, I'm telling you, you won't eat. You'll be sent out to go and look for that one. And then sometimes we would go out, the area is misty. You don't see clearly. And then what tend to happen with the sheep is that they would hide sometimes in places where would you, you, you would not think that it's here. We had to go and search. Up until we find that one, we bring it back and then you are given food, you can sleep. Probably many of you have got experience about that. But I always wondered, this does not belong to me, by the way. This person is relaxed. This is what God talks about here. He says when he finds it, he goes and searches for it. When he finds it, he takes it on his shoulders. And he climbs mountains, cross rivers, and he bring it back home. And then now when the ship is already here, he calls neighbors, everybody, for celebration. What the love of God here. That's the love of God for us. This is a very difficult message 
for all of us sitting here about reaching out. He says when he finds this ship, he does not ask it questions. He does not ask it what happened with you. Why did you leave? What have we done to you? He takes it, put it on his shoulders. He does not say, okay, move, move. No, he puts it on his shoulders because of joy that is inside and brings it home. I believe that there are great lessons to be learned here by us. We have many amongst us that probably you have, you have not seen them in a while now. Many have left and then probably like a Pharisee, you never really cared about. Or you don't care where so and so. If right now, somebody can ask you, where is so and so? What would be your answer? Look at the love of God. Look at what we should be doing as disciples. Is to reach out and touch. And then as if this was enough, he continued to make another example, another parable in verse 8. He says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and he loses one of them. What does she do? She lights a lamp, sweeps her house, and looks carefully every, everywhere until she finds the lost coin. Now, the example of the parable of the coin, this happens inside the house. A coin is lost, not outside, but inside. Yeah, sometimes, you are safe and you are lost. Yeah? A coin was inside the house. But he lost the coin inside, not outside. Now, it took this woman to take everything out. In the bed, outside, the wardrobe outside, and then as, as black people, we've got the room dividers. A room divider. So, a room divider out. And then takes a broom, start to sweep up until he finds what? The lost coin. We ought to be careful not to be lost, but here. And the message is clearly going to the Pharisees because now the Pharisees that thought that 
We are saved. We are found. They relaxed. They thought that, wow, we have already made it. But because Jesus Christ knows what is happening in our hearts, and then he was showing them, guys, you can be lost, but coming every Sunday here, singing every song, reading every scripture, reading any other thing, but you are lost. Be careful to be lost inside. Be careful. But because of the love of God, God had to do, had to make things upside down in order for the lost coin to be found. Many of us can be lost, but inside. It clearly shows that always do your spiritual introspection. We might be looking at people outside, judging their actions and what they do, thinking that we clearly up. You are safe. Only to find out you are not. And the third one is a very important message to all of us. He says, now Jesus went on to say, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger one said to him, Father, give me my share of the property now. So the man divided his property between his two sons. After a few days, the younger one sold his part of the property and left home with the money. He went to a country far away where he wasted his money in reckless living. He spent everything he had. Then a severe famine spread over that country and he was left without a thing. So he went to work for one of the citizens of that country. And that citizen of that country sent him out to his farm to take care of the pigs. As he was there, the Bible says he wished he could fill himself with the bean ponds the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything to eat. At last, he came to his senses and said, All my father's hired workers have more than they can to eat. And here I am. I'm starving. I will get up and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired workers. So he got up, started back to his, and he got up and started back to his father. When he was still a long way from home, his father saw him. His heart was filled with pity, and he ran, threw his arms around his son, and kissed him. Father, the son said, I have sinned against God 
and I have sinned against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. But the father called his servant. Hurry up, he said. Bring the best robe and put, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes and his feet. Then go and get the prize calf and kill it. And let us celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but he has been found. And so the feast began. The three parable stories that we get from the book of Luke chapter 15, they clearly shows us Uguti logu kufunyenwe. Sometimes aguna velu. Up until ogulashegileyo kufunyanwe. Ogulashegile is much important than ose kufunyenwe. This is a hard and a difficult message. But Jesus clearly shows here in this parable that the younger son, this man had two sons, the younger one decided while his father was still alive that I want my inheritance, which is not usual. Because normally, culturally, you wait for your father to die because you, be, before you can get your inheritance. To get it while he's still alive, it sends a different message. But the father didn't say, okay, I'm not going to give you. He shared, he divided between the two brothers and gave the younger one, this is yours. And then this guy already had a plan and then he took his share and then sold it to convert it to be money and then he took the money and then went off. Left the family. He left a protected environment. He left a group, a family that would give him support. And he decided that I've got everything in his mind, is like, I've got everything that I want. I don't need any support from anyone. I don't need to be told by my father what to do. I want to leave at 6 o'clock and come back at 2 o'clock. I want to party all night long. I want to be free. And then took the money and then left. I don't want instructions in my life. I don't want to be commanded and then took the money, and then he left. And the Bible talks about, as he was there, he spent his money recklessly. You don't know what he was doing. The Bible does not give us a picture of how he spent that money recklessly. But we've got a picture of people that have received monies and how they spend those monies. There is even a show today, they call it, I blew it. Hmm. How guys who have received lotto, who have won Powerball and lotto, how they blew it. 
And they show the guys that a guy would go to a club or to a tavern and you know today is me. That's probably what this guy was doing over there. He blew up his money. He blew his money. But the three things that I want us to check would be what made him to leave and what makes people to leave also this protected family. We are a family of God. We are called by his name. But what makes people to leave, what made him to leave the family? Sometimes people, they, they, they leave. Number one, here, the guy wanted freedom. It is true that sometimes people leave because they just want what? Freedom. Bafunu's part. And then sometimes, you know how the Bible does. It's got all the instructions, the laws on how we must live. And therefore, you leave home. And then secondly, people leave because of hypocrisy. When people see hypocrisy, when they look at what does the Bible say, how should we be living our lives? How should we conduct ourselves as disciples when they don't see that makes people to live? Hypocrisy. And then many people, they also live because parents have drifted away from the truth. And then remember that we can say as much as we want to say but once as parents we drift away from the truth is not doing good for our children. Sometimes they leave. That's the truth. And this guy wanted independence. And sometimes people they leave because they just want independence. And the fourth one, people they leave because sin has just conquered them. They don't see hope. No one is reaching out. No one is there for them. When sin conquers you, eventually, you see no option but just to leave the place. This is what has happened to this guy. He went out and he blew it. But what made him to decide to come back? What made him to long to come back? When he was there, the Bible clearly tells us that it was the time where he suffered. It was the time where he learned life lessons. It was the time where he realized how far he was from God and his father. And then sometimes God gets to put us in those conditions to bring us back. Sometimes God gets us to put us in tight situations in order for us to acknowledge him and realize that we need him. This guy, he was eating. He was longing to eat what pigs were eating. 
And he left this environment where everything was provided for him. But eventually, he was eating the pounds. He longed and he remembered. He remembered that in my father's household, even servants have something to eat. But there's only one thing that is interesting now. This guy makes a comeback. He makes a comeback. And then as he makes a comeback, this guy decides that from today, I'm deciding to go back home. No one forced him. No one was after him. He decided, now I have to go back home. And then as he went back home, the Bible talks about, he has said, I will tell how much I've sinned against my father and then against God. That was a comeback. You are sitting here this morning, you are thinking to yourself, yes, I've wondered, yes, I've done wrong, what can I do? What can I do? But the only interesting story here about this story is that it looks like the Bible says when he was far off, the father saw him. Meanwhile, the older brother was celebrating because he was not around. Now he had the whole share to himself. But the only one thing that this guy didn't realize is that as the younger brother left, he also left with the father's heart. All these years, the father's heart was always on this younger brother. He was always thinking about him. He would wake up and stand in the balcony and look at the direction. My son took this direction. And he was optimistic and hopefully that one day my son will come back the same direction that he took when he left. And while this guy was celebrating, thinking everything is for me, the younger brother came in and it was the father, not the older brother who saw him, who ran to him, hugged him, and said, we need to slaughter because this son of mine was lost and he is found now. And then sometimes in order for people to acknowledge the power of God, they need to be lost in order to be found. But you look at the father. When the son came in, how he welcomed him, how he reached out to him, because all along his heart was on that younger son. There was nothing that was happening here at home. There was no progress that was happening because the father's heart was with that younger son. I believe we are praying earnestly as the church for growth. There are a number of things that we are praying for. But, guess what? We might not get what we want as the church up until what is lost is found. There is value on what is lost than what is found. We ought to earn 
the father's heart. We should not celebrate like the older brother. The Bible talks about when this guy had, in conclusion, I've got only a minute, in conclusion here, when this guy learned that there was a feast and the party that was happening at home, and he didn't go to the father and ask what was happening. He went to the servants and asked, what is going on here? And the servants were excited that your brother has come back home and the father has told us to slaughter a calf, a fattened one, so that we can celebrate. And then immediately, the Bible talks about the face of the older brother changed because he was entitled to everything. Now that the son has come back, he is thinking to himself that even now I know my father. He might be saying, let's divide again. We are dividing whose inheritance. That's my inheritance. And then sometimes we don't reach out to those who have left the church. Those long gone because sometimes I'm afraid because I know how gifted they were. Now they will take the pulpit. Huh? When they come back, he positions this or change. Entitlement. But my prayer and hope is that today we'll look at this and see value on what is lost on what is not here. We might be sitting all here. Maybe we are Pharisees. We think we have all it covered. We think that is a showcase for all of us. We think that we are entitled to heaven. But look at two things. It's God's grace. It's us reaching out. God's heart is always with those who are lost. What about your heart today? When last did you reach out to somebody that you don't see here? It doesn't take a group or you to be told, but there's somebody that you don't see and you have not seen that person for a month. What have you done? Is your heart after those who are far off? Or you are comfortable here because they are not here? Up until what is lost is found. That's when we'll see the progress in this family. It is our prayer and hope that this week and today we'll reach out to those people. We'll call them. We'll visit them. We'll be there. We'll eat with them. We'll find out what's going on because we ought to learn the Father's heart. We ought to learn the Father's heart. How is your heart today? How is your reaching out? There are people who are not here this morning, but are you going to reach out? One day is you, one day tomorrow it can be you. But are you willing to stretch your hand and reach out? There are many that we need to reach out to them this morning. 
There are many that we want to reach out to them this week. The challenge is yours. Don't be an older brother. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee and be an older brother. But we pray that we will reach out. To God be the glory. Amen.